Hey friends, welcome back for Ireland, part two. Which wasn't the case? No, yeah. So <laughs> after the Bunratty Dirty Nellies mm-hmm. cliffs. Then we went to Dingle. Then we went to Dingle. For St. Patrick's Day. For St. Patrick's Day. This was Friday. Yeah, we went to Dingle. Dingle, um, when we had the opportunity because, funny enough, someone that Jess, and I guess we all worked with her, we but Jess just knew yeah, her for the longest. Uh, retired to Ireland has a house in Dingle mm-hmm. and just like texted her called her up say hey we're in the country care to host three of us <laughs> and yeah so we left Tipperary and then went to Dingle which was apparently a a can't miss if you're in Ireland and if you're yeah. if you're approaching the west coast yeah Dingle's a can't miss totally agree yep it felt like you said almost like Cape Cod it was. Sort of. It's Ireland's Cape Cod. Yeah. I could live there 100%. Yeah. It Easy. Was, it was beautiful. Um, and yeah, the St. Patrick's Day parade. Festivities, the parade. <laughs> Which was so cute because it really honestly felt like if, you know, you're in anywhereville, small town, and there's a parade for a particular holiday yeah you know so it's like the girl scouts and the fire trucks and the you know very local affair very local very cute low key Mm -hmm. high key low key event (laughs) (laughs) it was great but before the i mean we waited for the parade i think we got to dingle it was around 11 ish Mm -hmm. wasn't quite noon looking for a place to kind of sit Sat down and wait for wait for Jen to meet us yep. and wait for like the parade, which we we stopped at a place that was on the parade route, so yep. we could actually look out the window and see it coming, and we can go look. Um, Dick Max Dick Pub Max. in Dingle was a really cool place. Yep. Yeah, it had very typical Irish pub feel. Very authentic. Small, but like lots of rooms. Rando rooms. Yeah, lots of rando rooms and like we found a corner which with is a fireplace. like with a fireplace which like these pubs really all I care about. These pubs it's like we would walk into a place today like if we walk into any of the places we go local. Mm-hmm. It's like where is space? Yeah. Like oh there's a lot of room right there. Yeah. This it's like there is no space. There's you no need space. to find enough room literally for all the butts of your party. Mm-hmm. And that's all. <laughs> well, it's interesting too because that's also true in Italy when mm, you know you're yep. going to dinner you know like yeah. here you kind of expect to have like your own little private booth area where you're not going to be really close to anybody else and um like pretty wild because yeah. that is not the case in right. most European places I like remember... you're you're eating and like you could reach your elbow out and touch yeah. somebody who's not in your party <laughs> I think also eating at their own table. Last time we were both in, we were in Italy having dinner. Definitely one time I remember like I could almost stick just my elbow out and hit the table next to us. And that's just very privileged American used to a healthy amount of space around you. Yep. I mean, prior to pandemic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just not the case anymore. It's just much more closely confined. But which like I also loved. It gave it its charm. Yeah. Which I love because, you know, this isn't normally how I do things, but here I'm willing to be like, how, how, how do the locals do it? Yeah. Like what's in, what's a pub like? And it's, it's easier to get in the places we went to like Dingle, which are, would have touristy spots, right? They need travelers to go there. But I think we caught the place we went to was awesome. Like we did go to a hotel for lunch. Uh huh. Oh, it was so which good. Which was really good. I had this so awesome cute. beef stew. <laughs> but that Benners. pub, that pub was really kind of local small mm-hmm. feel yeah it was awesome it was really awesome um yeah love dingle uh we got to see uh the ohm stones which are these giant you know ancient stones that have old uh writing druid celtic writing uh, on them and i was very very happy about that and one of the beehive huts which was a major bonus because we couldn't go to Skellig Michael. It's yeah. not open this time of year. Right. So next time. Next time. We gotta we have to go to Skellig Michael. Go and like bite the bullet and just go in May. Yeah, you know? I mean it probably needs to be like your forty fifth birthday, I think. Oh yeah. Oh well hold on. Okay, then because what also I realized when I was there is because 
I'm back on my golf fixation. Uh-huh. And listening to the podcast I listened to, the guys uh, ran a golf trip for like themselves and some listeners. Like they're like we're running a trip with this group, Fairways and Fun Days. Fairways and Fun Days. And it's like as soon as I heard that website, and we were there. I think even in Tipperary before we went, I'm like on the website looking it up, and it's uh-huh. like they got packages. You yeah. just pay. You get there with your clubs. They take you around. You play. You can have a four-day trip, a nine-day trip, Amazing. and I definitely think that, like, by forty-five, I would like to do at least like a, you know, three nights, four days type type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll go to all the spas. <laughs> I'll go to yeah. all the spas. Yeah. Um, which yeah. also I forgot to mention when we went to Waterford and we were in the Crystal Factory, like they make trophies. Oh yeah, for things yep. and major sporting things, yep. sports ball things. And I was walking past the television yesterday on the way to my office, and you must have been watching a golfy thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they showed the trophy. Yeah, and it was crystal. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh my god. Well, it's, it's so funny because I remember when one part of that tour they showed the molds. Yeah, that are like out of made out of wood. Yep, was like the blow of the glass. And I think I, like what was written on it was like the Honda Classic. Yep. I'm like or PGA what? something. Yeah. I'm like what? That's I'm like and then I was like oh the trophy. the trophy they make that here how rad so rad so totally rad yeah um uh, yeah so golf trip Skellig Michael I mean yep. um I definitely would do a intentional sacred sites tour mm. of Ireland with you know. There's something really cool about going with a group of people like you would have this experience on the fairways and fun days (laughs) (laughs) tour where it's like you're with a group of people who are like into the same shit that you're into. You know, I'm laying down on the top of the Noth uh, mound when we go to this like Neolithic site and, you know, you're just looking at me like, honey. What in the what name of are God? You doing? Yeah, are well, you doing? this is like this is like days later when we go to Newgrange, right? Which is like this enormous mound, tomb, yep. tomb, and on the huge estate plot of land where Newgrange yep. is, there's two other huge Neolithic mounds, sites, Neolithic yeah. sites that you can go to, and one of them you can take stairs to the top because okay. at the top, before they realized it was a Neolithic yep. tomb, uh, at the top of this hill was a monastery. Yeah. And they had like the borders of the foundation because you could see like where they built it. And then you just lay down on the grass. I'm like, honey, what are you doing? I was soaking it in. It, oh, oh. You, I was soaking it you in. You're doing a great job. So if you go to a sacred site tour with a group of people who also are interested in laying down on the grass with you, you're not the only one doing it. You're not the only one doing it. And 100%. your partner isn't like, please stand up. You're embarrassing me on this tour. <laughs> I didn't say that. It's yes, you fair. did. Oh, right. I mean, you were kidding, but I mean, you were not kidding. I probably was embarrassing you, but it was with uh, humor. I if see, I just default to like, someone, am I, are we doing something wrong? Is the tour guide going to say we're in trouble? Should I not be doing this? If the tour guide was like, have have a lay down, if you'd like, in the grass, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, it's fine. Go ahead, honey. I am never going to a place where laying in the grass is not allowed. So if that's on the list of things you're not supposed to be doing... I'm not. I don't need to go there. I don't need to go there because I'm gonna lay down in the grass. It's true. All right. So we saw Olmstones there. We saw beehive huts. Yes. Um, old church monastery type of castle ruins. Monastery ruins ruins in Dingle. Gravestones. Yep. Um, really cool. And I, I don't think we learned about this yet. And then I was thinking about it later on because we went on this cool tour in Dublin. Um, but they were talking about how burying people happens in Ireland, yeah. which is different than the way that we bury people in the U.S. Um, and I'm fascinated by cemeteries, just in case we haven't covered that before. I, I love them. I've always loved them. I remember just like, you know, being in middle school and being like, I'm going to go hang out in the cemetery all day. <laughs> uh and in Ireland, you'll see a headstone with a bunch of different names on it, mm. right? A whole family's worth of names. Also, we noticed that they would even put the names of family members who went to America. Oh. Um, and it was like, yep, these 
people left for America, and their names are also on this family headstone. And in the U.S., you might think like mausoleum type of situation. Mm. Everyone's got their own little box that they're going in. Um, In Ireland, they bury people on top of each other. So they dig straight down really, really deep. First person to be buried in that family goes in. And the next person goes on top of that person and so on and so forth. So they're actually stacked bodies underneath the headstones. Henry, that was a really scary time to walk in the room. (laughs) That was amazing. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I just I, I was thinking about how interesting that that was of. A different way of approaching burials. Oh, I totally missed that. I did not catch that. Oh, it was on the dark, the dark Dublin. Really? Tour. Mm-hmm. Wow, I thought it was laser focused on that thing. Oh, interesting. Totally missed it. Missed it. Um. So then that was Dingle. Then we drove from Dingle mm-hmm. all the way up. To all the, the way up Antrim coast into Northern Ireland. Seven hours. That was a big trip. That was a long journey. But yeah, then we went into Northern Ireland. So mm-hmm. my first time in the UK. In that the was, UK. It wasn't a layover. And, uh, you know, interesting because new money. New money. Yeah. We we needed... Our euros were no good were anymore. Not. Yeah. Um, and we... Well, I mean, they were on the shuttle up from the Giants Causeway. That's true. Thank they took God, because mm-hmm. we did not want to walk back up that hill. We did not. Um, so, so we stayed in Bushmills. We did. We stayed in Bushmills, mm-hmm. um, which was... Great. Also a cute little town. Also a cute little town. Uh, Trying to think of what we did first and stuff, but instead, since we stayed in Bushmills, we should just mention that we did a Bushmills tour. We did. Which was fascinating. Mm -hmm. Same level of fascinating that is like Waterford, because you're seeing master craftsmen make the stuff that you like, that you see, and like you know of it, you hear of it, like, oh, that's Waterford Crystal. Oh, here's a bottle of Bushmills. But again, seeing the process gives you a whole new... Appreciation. Kind of appreciation perspective, especially like one of the things that I always have to go back to whenever it's like drinking bourbon or whiskey or scotch, which mm-hmm. I don't even really do, is like I always have to go back to what's the difference between these three brown liquids. Uh, and I have a better understanding now, but you know, putting bourbon in my hot toddies was always the thing. Now, like hearing a little bit about. The difference between the bourbon making process. Bourbon is not sustainable. And the whiskey. Not sustainable. Making process. I mean, I'm a converted Irish whiskey only kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, mainly because one thing the tour guide, of course, is talking about the the oak casks and the storage process and the aging process and mentioning that like oak is becoming rare and expensive. And one difference I think by law, bourbon, if you're going to yep. store and age bourbon in a cask, it can only be used once. Yep. And then I don't know what happens to it. If they, they sell the they barrel. They sell the barrel. Probably to a winery. Winery or like, I think the guy even said that like, don't they, have they aged, have they used it to age the whiskey or? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So like, I don't know. It just It just seems like for something like a resource like oak that is becoming rare and expensive mm-hmm. to use it only once. I mean, for me, it's like, oh, really? Once? Yeah. That's, that's it? That's it. But, yeah. Um, but no, that tour tour guide was awesome. Typical mm-hmm. old Irish white man charm. Yeah, he was great. Also, was great. dry great. wit, humor. Yep. Um, just, he did a fantastic job, yep. and it was an amazing tour. And, you know, I don't care about whiskey. Seriously? Because you walked out of that tour thinking... Honey, we're going to make our own whiskey. And I want to make stuff. I like it. Yeah. I like making stuff. I love when we make mead together. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very excited to make whiskey. We're going to figure it out. And I mean, they call it moonshine over here. Well, <laughs> we're going to call it whiskey. All right. We're going to do it. We're going to give it a go. And yeah, bourbon isn't sustainable. Like, I mean, if I had to choose up until that tour, I probably would have always picked bourbon because it's sweet. And I don't which is funny because looking at the different when the guy was talking about the different types like there's the, the you know the standard bottle of bushmills then there's bushmills black 
which I really like. And then, you know, the 10 year and the 12 year talking about the different flavor notes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's like you can taste vanilla. There's some (laughs) sort of chocolate. There's some sort of this. I'm like, there's a lot of sweeter notes in Mm -hmm. in the Irish whiskey. I think that's the problem, though, is because I have a pretty good palate. Like I can pick out flavors and smells and tastes mm. of things in recipes pretty well yeah and so when i read a thing that says it has notes of vanilla and honey and oatmeal cookies i really <laughs> want to taste those things and then i taste this stuff that tastes like medicine slash i don't know turpentine <laughs> and i'm like this doesn't taste like oatmeal cookies this doesn't taste like sweet at all where and are the cookies where are the sir? cookies and you know, I mean, this has also been true for me about like wine. Mm, yeah. Like it's just not sweet. And I don't care how many times right. you say that there are notes of cinnamon and yeah. chocolate and there's not. Right. There's Com- not enough notes. Compared to. <laughs> <laughs> there's not enough notes. Compared to like port. Which yeah. Is much and sweet. so like I love port. It's very sweet. I love mead. It's honey wine. Right. It's very sweet. Yeah. Um, And I also, you know, know that like with sweet things, there is that. Uh, message that goes on in my brain of like right you only need a little bit of this or it's too sweet or Mm -hmm. it's too much sweetness so um you know i i definitely have uh an affinity to sweet things my kapha nature wants all the sweet things Mm -hmm. and i also knows that it doesn't need too much of that sweet little goes a long way and whiskey just doesn't taste sweet yeah well now i I did appreciate the smack talk our tour guide was doing about scotch about scotch, she's like, why would you drink this stuff? It tastes like moss. Which, <laughs> then I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, then describing the difference between like single malt, right? Multi, you know, and how many like three times distilled, once distilled, all that stuff. So him talking about that, and I remember it. I did want to get like I did, of course. I mean, we brought home a bottle of twelve year old distillery distillery re- reserve. reserve, which I'm not touching because I texted mom, mom. <laughs> <laughs> do you like whiskey I, th- I thought you were an irish whiskey person she's like i like bourbon better mm. i'm like well you just talked yourself out of a 12 year old tasting didn't you you're full of baloney i am you're gonna bring that, that bottle right to iowa yep, that bottle's going to iowa for sharing <laughs> so i had to pick up some uh, you know a regular bottle of bushmills the mm. other day and i wanted to try to find a small bottle of jameson but they don't do like i didn't see any like a fifth of it oh and this you know i wasn't prepared to buy another whole bottle of wine. i don't really need two bottles of whiskey right now exactly so yeah we will figure out a way to do a tasting comparison um and i'm curious to taste scotch i mean i haven't had scotch in a very long time so i'd be curious to see if i notice the the differences in taste and stuff yep yeah yeah, yeah so i that, i just once i heard that they are cutting down oak trees and using the barrels once, bourbon became not a sustainable choice. Yeah. And, you know, particularly because one of the things, I, I mean, I always have had an affinity to trees. Like, I love trees. I want to touch them all. I want to hug them all. I want to sit by them. And I just love trees. I could be with the trees all the time. <laughs> The trees in Ireland are an extra kind of magic. Mm. And I totally get, not that I was questioning, <laughs> but I totally get the the level that Druids mm. experienced tree spirits right. and how, you know, they were these beings that existed on the planet that connected us, connected the earth to the heavens and all of that beautiful stuff. And oak in particular and these just, giant massive oak trees and uh how do you just cut those down and use a barrel once like yeah. that's that's pretty brutal i didn't have that experience thinking about all the trees that are cut down to make baseball bats mm. when we went to the factory tour in louisville um and it just really struck me of like this is just this doesn't make any sense and i don't know who's in charge of making bourbon laws but you know when you start writing them letters about this firm but polite letters sustainability issue right i mean it is tree so you would hope it's a renewable resource just keep planting oak trees but i mean like they have to but they have to be a certain amount of years old like ridiculous yes ridiculously old trees yes crazy to me yep 
Yeah, so I'm on, I think I'm on Team Irish Whiskey. Team Irish Whiskey. Um, from now on. Yeah, we'll see. So are we going to talk about Belfast? Yeah, let's do it. I think that you can't even dive into this topic without starting with the Titanic Museum. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's Because, the, wow. That's like the first thing we did there. It was amazing. Like even reading about Belfast in the Rick Steves book. It was like three triangles out of three as a don't miss if you're there because it like just underwent a ton of renovation or like improvement, digitization. Like a lot of the exhibits were like digital things. Yeah. <laughs> I have all the words. You have all the words. Um, no, it was fantastic. Like it was, it was amazing. It was really, really well done and super interesting too. And, and it's one of, the, one of those things where you think you know a lot about it, or I think I know enough about it, but then you go there and you can kind of can cover every inch of what happened. Not only about the ship sinking, but I mean the process because it was built there. Right. I mean, it was it was way it exceeded every expectation I possibly could have had, and that's from multiple people saying. If you're going to Belfast, you have to go to the Titanic yeah, Museum. And I was like, I mean, I'm all for museums. Like, yeah. give me a museum. I love it. Historical houses. We love that shit. Like, the, I mean, I was like, mm, really? Like, a, a whole museum for the Titanic? No, I and, thought it can definitely hold a museum. It's got <laughs> enough to, for a whole museum. Yeah, I I re- I just loved that it was so much more than mm. just just the like <laughs> you know <laughs> the tragic uh sinking of this unsinkable ship and the history of the industries mm. of Belfast yeah. everything from you know flax to yeah. uh china to um the furniture that was made mm-hmm. you know like just an entire city well, being like the, sustained the dock workers yeah as well. it was funny now that i think about it it's like totally the way you approach like if it's like you have to write an essay on belfast and the titanic I'm like <laughs> well you can't just write about the ship right it's not enough so like <laughs> what else is around and it's like the people the industry this the the politics. What a beautiful setup for a DBQ. <laughs> Man, I haven't heard, heard those letters in succession in a very long time. Don't miss it at all. <laughs> if you know, you know. But it was, no, it was a can't miss. It was really, really fascinating. Really well. I mean, like, a lot of places lately, I think, are getting a facelift as far as not only production value, like with the digital exhibits yeah. really yeah. interactive, interactive exhibits. exhibits there was um, a ride there was a ride there oh, was I a ride that. in that museum oh wow, that's right there was a legit ride where like you wait in line wait for the cart to drive up you get in you lower the belt over your lap and it like took you through this other exhibit of um it was amazing wasn't it just like the the iron workers and the bolt workers like they're fastening parts of the outside of the ship together like yeah whole... yeah it was like being on the docks like yep. working on the outside yeah. primarily the outside of the ship and the, what i remember right now thinking about it was the part it brings you past um they're like hammering the bolts in and like one dude is on one side another dude's on another side and they can't like see or really hear each other but yep. like they're just banging these hammers with these like molten heated bolts so they can so cool insane. in place. Oh my god! And just the banging. Like and the people sound. were like losing their hearing, and I mean, understandably, because they're just pounding on metal for eight hours a day yes. in a confined space. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. It's wild. It is wild. It was also cool because it was built. The museum is right where, there. yeah, it was built and then slipped in the dock yep. out to sea. So like there was a whole room with like nothing but windows saying like this is where the ship was and there's where it went in the water so cool yeah, which i love that because i love like kind of looking around and saying put me in the spot where this was right not just like here's a room with a little picture which is fine but also 
if you can make it so I can be in this in the space in the actual space it was I appreciated that place based education man <laughs> I'm, br- I'm bringing out all the you grad are, school you, words right now you bring up the word Montessori <laughs> or Waldorf ending this right now ending this this episode not like the marriage yeah yeah or the podcast <laughs> I'm glad you went to the marriage that's great <laughs> Um, had really amazing food in Belfast too. Yeah, cute little restaurant. Um, called Home. Oh, is that what it was called? It was called Home. Don't remember. And it was just so lovely because I had been posting periodically about Ireland as we're driving all around this island. Did you catch the tone? <laughs> I mean, I'm a seasoned veteran, so I've been listening to this tone for a decade. Oh. Did you catch the tone with driving? How does the audience think she feels about the driving? It was just so much. (laughs) It was so much driving. It was a lot. Uh, And one of our students reached out and was like, I live in Belfast. Um, I'd love to see you. So getting to meet a student. That was awesome. It was awesome. And we got the best, arguably, I... I'm perceiving that it was the best walking tour of Belfast. Oh yeah, I mean, like ever. she brought us to where I guess the the, the period is known as the Troubles, like the in Troubles. the '60s and the '70s, and even into the '80s, right? Mm-hmm. With the Northern Ireland and the English, yeah, that was. And to hear it from someone, cause she was has lived there, right? Yeah, yeah, and she was around our age, so I mean, she had childhood memories mm-hmm. of these events. So to hear it from a local again in the space was very moving yeah very much so i really loved the uh talking about going to the wall because there was a wall mm, that separated yeah. you know the protestant yeah. side I mean, not from the un- catholic side not unlike the berlin wall right you know yeah and um going in you know meeting other children at the wall and right uh, it was it's it it reminded me of like either a ken follett book where it's like this historical event that has ramifications for so many people and it's such an impactful period in history but seen through like the lens of like children Mm -hmm. and like how are they navigating typical childhood things like oh i want to go you know, we're going to go meet the Catholic school boys over there, you know, <laughs> do some snogging, whatever. But it's like through this lens of like this epic yeah. sociopolitical and religious struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. The her just recounting of those experiences and the uh, she's like the the Irish, the Irish Catholic boys always had the best names, you know, it's <laughs> like. You know, you want to go kiss Seamus on the other <laughs> side of the wall. You you have time for Roger, like whatever to him. And I was just like, like it's it was a complete glimpse into mm. what it was like. And you, and you could feel that. Um, and just, you know, remarkably. Still present in the space Mm. so things like bars being on doors on windows of different establishments and she was telling us about how uh you would need to like basically knock and get let in and if you weren't recognized as being either part of this community or that community um you know and then flags too right like like Irish flags versus Union Union Jack, Jack flags. Um, I mean, even today. I mean, when we were there, yeah, you know, there was murals, but in support of because the Queen has recently passed away. Yep. So there was like certain parts of the city that had kind of a mural dedicated to her, and it was just it's very interesting how, despite it happened. I mean, it didn't really happen that long ago. I mean, this ended, quote unquote. I mean, there was a peace accords in the early 90s, mm-hmm. which then I'm blown away. No, it was the late 90s. Was it like 98? I think so. Yeah. And then like, I always reflect. I'm like, oh, I was there like three years later. Yeah. Like I was, I was, I was there as a young adult, not long after this, you know, uh, reached another stage. Um, it was like when I was in Europe when I was 19. It was 1999. 
like there was still like there was scaffolding depending on where you went like scaffolding and reconstruction especially in germany and berlin because like the cold war just ended like seven years ago yeah for a conflict that was like decades and decades seven years was not that long and then it wasn't until later i'm like wow i was there not long at all after that thing ended holy cow um i was appreciative of because this is not how i typically travel like i know rick steves and everyone's just like gotta find a local do it how the locals do it you can learn so much more I don't often do that. Like, if I go somewhere, I could be like, I'm just going to go to this place. I could go by myself. I could do the walking around. I can do... But I will very... It's unlikely I will strike up a conversation with a local stranger, right? True. Um, I mean, that's true also here at home. Also true. (laughs) Um, But I was so thankful for it because, I think I mentioned before, just the the glimpse that you wouldn't see reading in a book or even seeing visiting places there that you don't get unless you talk to someone who's from right. there. Yeah. 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 It was remarkable. And I, you know, I had never really thought about how like Belfast being on the top of my list of places to go right. in Ireland <laughs> um, or in the UK. And I'm so glad that we did. And uh, it was just, it was a different energy and experience than Western Ireland or Southern mm-hmm. Ireland. Yep. And, um, and I think it came in like the perfect time of the trip too, where it was like, you know, we were kind of winding down the trip and mm-hmm. headed back to Dublin and being able to stop in like, we'd, we'd spent many, many days in the countryside <laughs> right, yeah. where there really wasn't a whole lot of anything. And then went to this, you know, urban yeah. center and space. It's true. So. Even the biggest cities were not as big as like a, a Belfast or a Dublin, right. right? Up until then. Yeah. 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 Did we go from Belfast right to Dublin? We must have because... Yeah, I mean, we were staying in Bushmills the whole time. Bushmills, that was all. We stayed in Bushmills that whole time. We went to Belfast, back to Bushmills. Right, yeah. down to Dublin for the last couple days. Yeah. And and we stopped at um, Newgrange. Yeah, we didn't talk about that yet, did we? I don't think so. (laughs) It was amazing. Newgrange, well, the hilarious part was we did not make a reservation didn't really like well, right. the first time like we showed up at like 4 30 4 45 we're like three tickets to new grange please and like do you have a reservation we said no well they're like also like we're closing also we're sold out and closing in like 15 minutes yeah so we're like it's right there can't we just go walk to it and first of all it wasn't right there it, it was, was probably not. two miles away mm-hmm. from the visitor center um yeah so but, pro tip make a reservation that's like that's like pro tip number one if you go to europe for anything yeah always make a reservation because you can do it online and if you can do it it will make sure you don't have to wait in line i don't know why like i remember going to italy and seeing like lines for the david i'm like you guys didn't reserve your space it's like rookie (laughs) mistake i'm walking right in walking around all hundred of you um but i thought it was it was funny after the moment because i knew you were a little probably tired we were all tired but like this was something on your list Mm -hmm. and we were like shoot are we gonna get to see it i was like oh my god i really hope we do for your sake not really for mine i wanted to see it but you wanted to see it even more Mm -hmm. and then i thought of the time that i tried to see it in in 2001 when we took we took a train from dublin up to drogheda and took we're like oh let's go see new grange and then this was at the height of the foot and mouth disease that was going on yeah so like you couldn't walk on grass really like we were in the city most of our and most places in the city had a doormat that had like they're like please rub your feet on this doormat yeah this probably had some sort of like cleanser or bleach or something to like help yeah so this was all over the city and then we didn't even think to realize like oh crap new grange is this gigantic green pasture of grass yeah that we they're like no closed so then we got like then I saw that clothes sign and I started laughing. I was like, oh, I'm at this point of the journey where I'm cracking up. This is hilarious now. Mm-hmm. And then we just took a train back. This was 20 years ago. So again, I'm like, Jesus, 
what does it take for me to see this thing? <laughs> like, why do I keep getting denied? But we made reservations and went the next day. So, yes. So, and it was it that was the thing that blew my mind on this trip. Mm-hmm. Totally blew my mind. The specific New Grange Monument, because in this, it's like not a state, but this like. You go to the visitor center and then they put you on a bus and they take yeah. you to like, it's like an hour plus long tour, which At is awesome. Least, yeah. And you see several big burial mounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest one and probably the most famous is the New Grange one. Yep. That one blew my mind. What blew, why did it blow your mind? Blew my mind because of its sheer size. Mm-hmm. Like it was gigantic. Yeah. It was like a couple football fields worth of land with a monument that had to be 30 to 40 feet high this mound and just the sheer size of the stones that they moved to build this it's like how did you do this and then not only lining up the door the front door so the sun would shine basically through the front door on the winter solstice that's one thing but then, like, the tour guide said, notice that there's the door, and above the door is another, like, opening. Opening. Mm-hmm. And she said, when we get inside, you'll find out what that was for. And I, you know, in the little museum that you walk through before, there's a little display that's like, this is how, this is the, how narrow this thing passageway gets, and mm-hmm. this is how tall it isn't. So if you feel okay squishing this wide and crouching down this height you can that you can make it so that alone was cool because i had to like walk sideways yep because i don't know like if they're like people aren't that tall people doesn't need to be that big we're not that tall but then Mm -hmm. we get to the middle which is like how many tons of rock are over your head right now is one thing the several of the little chambers where they said they found human remains Mm -hmm. it's another thing and then she explained how on the winter solstice, they have this little light set up where they say, okay, this is what the sun would look like coming through the opening on the winter solstice. They cut the lights and it was so dark in there. So dark. Like, I could not see you next to me and we were shoulder to shoulder. Yep. I'm like this. And it didn't feel oppressing to me. I don't, it didn't bother me. I felt okay. Well, you don't typically have... Like claustrophobia. No, yeah, things. it was fine. Right. But then the light that they have rigged, it's like, here's what the sun would look like rising mm-hmm. on the solstice. And then like slow, this glow starts to appear on the floor and then it shines and it gets to the back of the this other chamber. And it was just very, blew my mind. Very cool. I can't not think of it and not be like, how in the hell? It's amazing yeah. to me. Well, and it's so interesting because it's like Newgrange, the Boyne Valley, um, lots of mounds and typically they're referred to as passage tombs. Like that's how you hear them, you know, referred oh. to or like <clears throat> Neolithic sites. Yeah. And um, I mean, these are ancient temples, you know, like yeah. it was just so, it was so clear listening to the guides who did a tremendous job. I mean, they were, they were really amazing um, tour guides at both sites that yep. we went to. Yeah, and excellent. and then additionally, the woman who was the tour guide at Newgrange had like super dry, dark humor. And I love that. <laughs> uh, I love that Irish humor. And yet when we were at the first mound, which mm. is Bruna Boyne, right? Was that what the first mound was called? Um and oh no, it was Noth. It was Noth. Oh yeah, yeah, it was yeah. okay. And and that one is lined up for Samhain. Oh, that's right. So it's like one is lined up for Samhain, one is lined up for the solstice, mm-hmm. one is lined up for the equinox. Like it's yeah. just so clearly that these are like druid temples. Yeah. But no one's using that language. No. And I asked the tour guide at Noth. I was like. <laughs> is this place packed at Samhain? And she's like, no. And I'm like, what? Like, I got busloads of people I could bring from the States that would <laughs> flock here for Samhain. I was just so, you know, it, it, 
is so interesting because um, Ireland has a very fascinating educational education history. Mm. And there definitely was a period of time where like people were intentionally not educated. Mm. Um, and getting an education was like uh, for peasants was um, like an active rebellion mm. itself. And then, you know, parochial schools took over yeah. and most of the education in Ireland, it seems even today, mm. are either Protestant schools or Catholic schools. Right. Yeah. And so, of course, they're not like, <laughs> let's talk about the Druid right. yeah. ancestry and these holy temple sites where high holidays and the cross quarter days were probably celebrated. Um and I would imagine, I mean, I don't know for sure. And from different things I've read, it just definitely seems like there is not a whole lot of education around the ancient indigenous spirituality. Right. It's just astonishing to me that there's this part of ancient history that isn't you know, particularly because like all around this monument is Neolithic art. Yeah. And the art, these carvings on the outsides of stones mm. created 5,000 years ago. Like, like these, this was labor that had to have happened over seasons and years, right? Years yeah. of carving. And I mean, what the hell else are you going to do? That's <laughs> true. What else are you doing? <laughs> You're not on TikTok. You're not, no. Carving it's... some stones. And the art itself is just so clearly representative of the goddess, mm. the triple goddess, yeah. the elements. Um, yeah. So it's just interesting to me what, you know, we in the U.S. can think about and focus on in regards to earth-based spirituality, mm. paganism, neo-paganism, you know, there's definitely like an international order of Druids. And so like that are currently practicing and, uh, and yet here we are at the, like the source, the source and they're the people who, I mean, like I was looking at houses as we were driving in, of course <laughs> I can't help myself. And I'm like, can you imagine if just like in your front yard yeah. was new grange? Well, it's like an extension of anything, any place else you live. If you're living in, I mean, I've traveled ex extensively, quote unquote, in like Western Europe. Yeah. But that's like everywhere. It's like you can't go anywhere without almost running into like out your front door is some place or something someone could have lived, built that is still there thousands of years ago. So cool. So wild. It's Newgrange so cool. is one of the places where when we go back, I would go again. Oh, yeah. There's several places where like I've seen it. Glad I saw it. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't make the time necessarily to go back every time I was in Ireland. I would go to Newgrange almost every time I was there. Yeah. Definitely worth it. The tour was great. I would definitely listen to the tour again. But even just to see it. I mean, one thing that blew my mind was like. You know, people thought it was just a big mound. And wasn't some dude, like, trying to build a road in the 1700s? Yep. And then he, like, dug through this. And it's like, oh, this is like a door someone built. And happened to dig at the exact spot where the <laughs> opening was. Where the was. front door was. Like, yeah. could have started to dig at any of the sides of right. this yeah. huge, uh, yeah, this huge temple that grass has grown over. Right, yep amazing it yeah. it just it amazes me i mean i think too like the history learning about the history of how many years it was just like there <laughs> right. it was just like there and people would you know like what's that carve their names yeah, in the, the side and oh right like, right on the it, inside right treat you know it's almost like yeah it's graffiti let's carve my name to the mm -hmm. side well and then we're reading princes of ireland yep and they're talking about Newgrange and they're talking about uh, like yearly gatherings mm. that would happen and um, human sacrifice and <laughs> animal sacrifice. 
And uh, at one point during the tour, the guide was talking about how they found um, two skeletons, skeletons yeah. beheaded uh-huh. with game pieces is how she described them game pieces oh, next to right. them yeah and i was like are they game pieces or are they like runes are they you know some kind of mm. like was this an offering um something pretty wild to think <laughs> about and again like to have like this is you know like we don't know what we don't know mm-hmm. so we we're always making these like connections and assumptions and all of that kind of stuff because uh, this is what we've, what information we've been given this Mm. far in our lives. So it's like, Oh, we found these things. They look like little game pieces, you know? And it's like, were they some kind of ritualistic uh, symbolism? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Very, very interesting. I did find a heart shaped rock at New Grange. Oh, you did. You also laid on the ground on top of one of the domes. I did. It's like, get up. <laughs> embarrassing. Everybody, <laughs> get off the grass. I, I don't understand <laughs> how any of this surprises you still at this point. I didn't say I was surprised. You were definitely like, what are you doing? That doesn't mean I was surprised. I just needed to lay down on the top of the temple. I mean, this was not like in a disrespectful way. Like we were walking all over no, the top. Like, there are stairs to go to the top. Uh, of yes. It. it was a place we were allowed to be. And I just laid down yeah. and, uh, and I needed to lay down because when we were standing below in the little, um, circle of like tall wooden pillars, mm. which oh, was, yeah. a, um, it wasn't obviously the wooden pillars that were there. And when they did the archeological dig, mm-hmm. they found that this is where this like circle of pillars right. would have been like a hinge, like almost like Stonehenge. Right. But like built with intention in a circle. Yeah. yeah. And I'm standing there listening to the tour guide talk and the whole damn world started spinning. And I had to like, hold on to your arm and close mm. my eyes to get my bearings. And I was like, don't pass out in this circle of, would <laughs> and in a true husband response i immediately went to like god damn it how much water have you had did oh you god. eat anything are you prepared at all for the fact that we're being outside for hours at a time what did you do did you do it did you do <sighs> i did eat that day <laughs> i did i wasn't like honey oh my gosh are oh you my okay god. give me your arm i will support you no no nope. no nope. come nope. on did you eat something i think i i think it was just like energy i think it was just energy Very, lines yes. I, um I think, it, I think and because i'm sure that i had a granola bar in the car that morning and wasn't that the morning that we stopped and got like donuts or something remember we got donuts oh, did somewhere? we stop at just like a rest stop on the highway yeah and we got coffee and donuts like i had yeah. actually eaten that morning. well i mean if you had coffee and donuts you're probably sugar crashing if you I were having i don't really that's not how i sugar crash i would just get sleepy but yeah i did eat Mm. I had calories mm-hmm. in me and the most empty calories possible sugar crashing. Um, I mean, I ate the same. I ate two donuts too. So I'm not trying to give you shit for that. Well, and I didn't, I did not have that much sugar and usually sugar doesn't make me spin mm. for like well, three minutes. The combination of the sugar and the energy vortex we were in. Mm, okay. Well, whatever well, you need serious. to tell yourself. I'm pretty sure that it was energy. That's what because I mean. That's what, what happened was once we walked to the top of the mound and I sat down and then laid down, everything was fine. Yeah. Nothing was spinny after that. Well, there <clears> you go. Nothing was spinny after that. Thank uh, God. So but, I've, Oh, go ahead. But the other thing that I came away with from Newgrange is world heritage sites. Mm, right. Like, yeah, because in the exhibit in the museum that you go through, which, there were a couple times in this trip where I'm like, Irish planning is brilliant. <laughs> Number one was when we were boarding the plane to fly there, mm-hmm. Aer Lingus decided to do something that I've been thinking should happen, is they boarded the plane from back to front. I was so excited and happy. You oh, I'm you've like, been asking oh, for that. I've been asking for that. Because to see all the jackasses I've walked past who are crowding the door like oh i'm in row five oh, i'm gonna just stand here and get in the way no move i'm in row 30 and we're doing this the way that makes sense um 
Another one was when we had a time that we had to be there, right? Like our appointment or like, you know, the tour Mm -hmm. is at 10 o'clock in the morning, right? Be there at 945, they say. So we expect to get on the bus at 10 o'clock to take us to Newgrange when they say, no, actually, you're going to walk through the museum first. Bus leaves in half an hour. Right. I thought that was genius. None of these stupid Americans running up at five after say, did I miss the bus? Did I miss the bus? Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. No, you're actually 20 minutes early for the bus. 20 minutes early. This is not the first time we've encountered stupid tourists. So that was brilliant. Yeah. But the World Heritage Sites in the exhibit. I mean, I don't. I remember one in. Was it Angkor Wat? I think. Is that in Thailand? Yeah. Yeah. There were a handful of others. Some of which I might have seen. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Is that a new list for you? Yes, that is the newest, like, however many there are, Mm. however many we can get to in this lifetime, I'm down. Like, let's figure it out. And interestingly, like, I, I ended up looking it up and there are so many in South America. That makes sense. So many in South America. There's there's pyramids in... Like the Yucatan and Mexico, Mm -hmm. there's Machu Picchu, I think, right? That's, yeah, that does not surprise me. Yeah, so World Heritage Sites. Yeah, all right. Let's do it before, you know, we're too old. (laughs) (laughs) So after New Grange was Dublin, right? That was at the last... It was. It was Dublin. Dublin, and that was the last... We wrapped it up. We stayed in this castle. We did. Which was really, really fun. It was cute. Yeah, it was very good. I like it. Clontarf. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Clontarf Castle. Yeah. Clontarb, I, like I guess. Um, and we went on the dark Dublin tour. Yeah, that was, we did not have a whole lot of time in right. Dublin because I think one of the days. Was Newgrange. Was Newgrange, mm-hmm. right. We had to push Newgrange back from one day to the next. And that day was a Dublin day. Yep. So we got there a little late. We just. Did the yeah, I mean the dark Dublin tour was the main thing I think we did, which was awesome. Was we do. We'd love ourselves a ghost tour, dark history kind of tour, wherever we go. I mean Gettysburg of course is the the place we go to or have been that is the most well known of the list. But then we decided to try to find places in every yep. place we go. Like we found one in Nashville. That was amazing. That was amazing. It was the best part we, of Nashville. We found one in Dublin, which was like, yeah, it wasn't a ghost tour. It was like a dark history tour. Mm-hmm. And that was fascinating. Another mm-hmm. excellent tour guide that told great stories. And, you know, again, being in the place you got to see. And he not only just read or hear the story, but like be in the place where they happened. And it was fascinating. Yeah. And um, the thing that I loved probably the most about being in Dublin was the, the like intermeshing of, uh, archeo or not archeological, uh, architectural Mm. time periods. Oh yeah. Like we're doing the dark Dublin tour, which had a significant amount of history in it, you know, that wasn't necessarily like macabre, um really but we were trying to think of a story that wasn't dark well i mean just like this building is this building and that building is this building and this was built and you know we're moving around the city and Mm -hmm. uh that but we were standing next to the like square where all of the torture had happened oh like by dublin castle by dublin castle and you know those o'neills and their shenanigans yeah in that tower yeah it was pretty fun it was pretty to awesome. hear about. Yeah. And then like you turn around and it looks like this building from like the 1970s. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's <laughs> right. like some grim office building from 1974. Yeah. Just like boxy right and next to beige. A, and right next to a castle. medieval castle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that I always find fascinating. And then we asked our tour guide who was fantastic. Yep. Amazing, Amazing. storyteller. Uh we asked him where we could go hear yeah, like authentic live local music. We had not run into a pub with uh, people playing traditional Irish music in the whole trip so far. Even on 
St. Patrick's Day, which was surprising. But I mean, we in the times we were out, I mean, we were out. It was like eleven when we were in uh, Dick Max. It was like eleven o'clock in the morning, ten o'clock in the morning. Yep. You know, I didn't expect music to happen really until later. Well, and that's what we found out along the way, right? Was mm. music in pubs kind of starts at like nine, yeah, nine thirty, something like that. Nine. And with the schedule we were keeping, <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. Old people schedule. Yeah, we had one night out of the ten that were we could dedicate to. I mean, I could have done nine thirty at night had the days not been like go 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 right. go go. Yeah. Yeah. Like one or the other, man. Yeah, but I mean, it's called a session where people just show up with their instruments, mm-hmm. start playing. Yeah, we asked them. And that, what I loved about that, um, because if you look at any guidebook or if you know about Dublin at all, you know, and you say, where are the pubs? There's the very famous Temple Bar district that has a lot of high concentration of pubs. Um, and there's some very close to the Liffey, the river that runs through Dublin. And when he said, yeah, the this bar is called the Cobblestone. A couple blocks up this way and then turn left. And it was like away from the river. So we were like moving a little bit further from city center, mm-hmm. which I was hopeful that it would give a more kind of authentic local feel than a touristy feel, traveler yeah. feel. And it was. I mean, this looked like it was. I mean, there were definitely travelers. I definitely heard American accents. Uh while we were in there, the first place we were sitting down, but we slowly were able to, with like eagle eye precision, look for groups of people that were leaving and then just like sniper bomb in and just slide in and steal their seats so we can get gradually closer to where the music yep, yep. was. Because these pubs aren't like, well, let's have a big wide open space. No. And then, no, there's a lot of nooks and crannies and corners to hide in. Yeah. So we, we were able to finagle our way very close so we could see all the musicians um and it was like you know if you're gonna write a scene in a movie that's got a session of irish music there's a reason they look like that because that's exactly what it is just you know six to eight people playing different instruments playing Mm -hmm. and singing songs and then there was the the the, where the one guy Uh who must be a local just walked in and it was just like basically walked up and told the guys like that he would like to sing a song he sang it it was beautiful it was so beautiful it was so great yeah very cool experience yeah, it was uh, it was absolutely exactly what I had anticipated right. it being. It was like when you read about it and hear about it, it was exactly what we hoped for. Yeah. yeah. Did not disappoint. Yeah. Yeah. Bar was cool. That was my favorite part of Dublin. Um, well, and I loved the history of the place that we stayed. I think that, um, you know. I could have spent some more time touring that little castle that we stayed in oh, and yeah. walking around it because I think that there probably were places within. It was tricky though. Cause there was like the castle castle part. And then there was the addition that was built on. So that was very much more like a modern hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and aside from being in the restaurant, which was decent, uh, I, you know, I didn't really look at the older parts of the building. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I would stay there again, like oh, yeah, totally. in a heartbeat. Yeah. If we flew into Dublin, I would stay there. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. But it's just a magic place, and I could live there. And I know they say that often. You say that <clears throat> almost everywhere we go. That's not true. I say that in three places that we go. Now, three. Three. Yes. Can you can you remember? Costa Rica, mm-hmm. Italy, and Ireland. Okay, four. What's the fourth? Gettysburg. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I could live in Gettysburg. Yeah, it's like living in Lansing. <laughs> except, no. Except not. a little better. <laughs> it's not. And there are cute little like brownstone places. Yeah, there are a lot of those. It's true. And stone houses around Gettysburg that are yep. old. Yeah. You know, like there's just something that I love about spaces with history you don't have to explain to me i love gettysburg i've we've gone there at least five times since we've known each other is that so all? like clearly only five i said at least five i mean oh, okay. i don't know so i clearly obviously enjoy going there we have a as well we have a love we do so that was ireland that in was... a two-hour nutshell <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, you know, we'll break it up. Yeah. It was a big trip. It was 10 days. It was a really big trip. Yeah. And absolutely incredible. And, uh, I think I could, I could drive. Mm hmm. If we go back again and, and do that, if we rent a car, I think I could do it. I would not drive a standard. No. Oh, God. If I could get an automatic, that would be fantastic. Yeah. We would yeah. get an automatic. Okay. Definitely. All right. All right, friends. Successful trip. I mean, I guess the next time we come back, you're going to talk about another trip. I'm going to talk about another trip. I'm bringing you to an airport tomorrow morning at 4 a.m. to go to Peru. This is facts. Yeah. This is facts. Different ancient sites. Yeah. So I guess next episode is Peru trip. Hooray. Yay. (laughs) This is Matt. This is Jeannie. Thank you. Thank you.